Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm chatting all about Ayurvedic weight loss. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. I want to chat about this as I wrote an article um, a few years ago all about Ayurvedic tips for losing weight. Now, I am coming at this from a strictly health perspective. Um, I don't believe that there is any bad goal. Um, and I don't believe that, um, you know, if your goal is to lose weight and you legitimately need to lose weight, that you shouldn't be shamed for having that as a goal. Because I know there's a ton of mixed messages out there. Um, you know, happy where you're at. Um, you can still want to change, whatnot. Like, I'm just going to come at this from a strictly, all right, if you are someone who is like, yes, I need to lose weight, what are some tips? Now, I'm also saying this because when I was at home this past weekend, I was reading through some of my mom's magazines and um, one of the, I don't know what, if it was like a Women's Day magazine and she had dog-eared some pages and I was like, mom, this is not possible. You cannot lose 16 pounds in two weeks. Like this article suggested, because someone said, I'm getting ready for my niece's wedding. How do I lose 16 pounds in two weeks? And the article said, yes, it is possible. You should be having kefir. That was their suggestion, was to go and have kefir for um, the next two weeks to add some good probiotic gut health to you. And I was like, no, this article should have started with saying, okay, 16 pounds in two weeks, that is not not realistic. I mean, like, let's be real. That's not realistic. One to two pounds a week is a realistic health goal if weight loss is a goal. And losing that amount of weight that quickly is not safe. And you're probably going to use techniques that are not actually um, going to be servicing your long-term health. So when I'm coming at these, I'm coming at these from sustainable health, sustainable weight loss instead of just quick fixes. So this across the board is a lot of times, you know, when people start training with me, that might not be their number one goal is weight loss. Especially nowadays, it's not necessarily the number one goal, but it is a goal maybe to lose between anywhere between 10 and 20 pounds. And there's just so many, just, there's so much out there about what diet to do and um, why you should be doing keto versus paleo versus whole 30. And really none of them are taking into account what would work best for you. And that's what I think Ayurveda does a really good job about is it really takes into you and your body, your mind body type into account. And so when we come at this, we're coming at it from a place of a holistic health and really trying to eliminate ama, which means toxins in the body. Because obviously the more ama we have, the more toxins we have, which is going to be stored as typically excess fat in the body. And that makes us sick. If we have a ton of ama going on in the body and you know we might constantly be fighting the sniffles or you might constantly be having this just like um, nagging you know gut thing in the middle of the winter or you might be getting sick more often in winter um, or even in summer and that means you might be having some ama that we need to get rid of. So if you're not familiar, Ayurveda, it is an ancient system that was created over 5,000 years ago and it originated in India and it literally translates to wisdom of life. So I am going to share with you a few of those techniques and tried and true things that have really helped um, move the needle forward for over 5,000 years now. So let's go through a few of these practices. So the first practice is creating a keystone habit. Now, a keystone habit, it helps you stay focused on one area in your life, and that's going to snowball into other habit areas. 
So ask yourself right now, what is the number one thing you can do to make all of your habits happen? So for example, um, my keystone habit, it's eating dinner by 6 p.m. So I can have some downtime with my son, put him to bed, and then I can read and unwind and I can go to bed at the time that I wanna go to bed, typically 8.30. So if my dinner gets pushed back, my entire evening gets pushed back, which makes me stay up too late, which causes me a lack of sleep, and then it throws off my entire next day. So for me to make all of my habits and to make myself really feel like I'm firing on all cylinders, I have to have my dinner early and later. And so even by six seems a little late. I usually start cooking dinner by 4.30, between 4.30 and five. Now again, I have a weird um, setup where my husband is at home with my son in the morning and then I'm home in the afternoon um, with my son. And I will do, I usually work until I try to cut myself off by 1, 1.30 from my um, business work. And so then I'm with my son pretty much the rest of the day focused in on him. Now, with that being said, I have that flexibility where I can start cooking dinner at 4.30. I know a lot of people do not have that luxury. So that might not be your keystone habit is what I'm trying to say. So just because it's mine does not mean it's going to be yours. You're going to have something different that's going to make everything work for you. So if I wake up too late, I know I'm sacrificing my morning time. And I don't like to do that. I really like to get up even on days where I don't have to um, between 5 and 5.30 so I can get down here and spend time with myself so I can journal meditate, read, pull Oracle cards. Like those are part of practices that I really like to do to connect to myself. And if I miss those, I find myself, I have a really rough week by the end of the week. If I have not done that even once, you know, some weeks I might only get down there once, but if I haven't done that, that just, it really eats me away. And I hate, I hate it. And I get to be, um, I'm cranky. I'm not as, um, you know, on it with my son. And I feel, you know, kind of resentful of everything because I haven't had any me time. So for me, that's important. So you can see how that one habit can unravel everything if it doesn't get done. So here's some other examples. If you're like, okay, what are some other keystone habits that I could maybe implement? Maybe for you, it's leaving work by a set time. So I know a lot of clients that they are really trying to get, you know, home by a certain hour so they can get their kids fed, you know, their bedtime routine and then have some time for themselves. Cause if you have a desk job and you're at a, you're going to an office every day, you have the same thing. Like it's a lot, you know, you're drained by the end of the day. So if you get thrown off on that, or if you have to work late, you know, obviously it happens every once in a while, but really trying to have that set time that I'm leaving work by X time so I can get home and make sure that my day is going to end, you know, in a way that I want it. Um, having lunch as your largest meal could be a keystone habit. So maybe instead of having snacks throughout the day, you really want to focus in on that lunchtime and have that be your biggest meal. Uh, meditating in the morning, that could be a habit that could make or break everything. When picking your habit, remember to make it the one thing that will help you accomplish the rest of your habits to improve your life. So it's that one thing. So again, maybe you think it might be meditating in the morning, but really it's getting to bed on time. So just kind of take that into note. So that's why I didn't say my morning time, I really need that. But in order for that to happen, it's that early lighter dinner. Like that's what it has to happen so it doesn't get thrown off. So that's how you kind of pick that habit. All right, another tip, early lighter dinners. So this has been a game changer and I keep talking about this because I have seen it work with so many of my clients, you know, in the Western world, we're so used to eating late and then having dinner as our largest meal. That's one of the first questions I ask people before I work with them, when is your largest meal? And a lot of the times it's dinner. And I say, what time do we eat? And it's between seven and eight o'clock. 
we can't properly digest our foods if we're going to go to bed on a full stomach. And so we're going to get people, you know, who have heartburn, who have indigestion, who are um, just feeling that just fullness and that um, just tiredness when they wake up in the morning because they still haven't digested the evening before's meal. So ideally, we want to be done eating by seven. And you want to be done before two hours before bedtime. So if you're going to bed, like again, I'm going to bed pretty early. I want to be done by 6.30 because if I'm going to bed at 8.30, I need to be done eating by then. So decide what that cutoff time for you is. But again, 7 p.m. is kind of that the latest you want to be eating um, and having something light. So, you know, that light meal would be soups, um, salads if you have good digestion, a cup of cooked vegetables, um, what is something that's light and enjoyable to you? So again, for me, a lot of times it's just cooked veggies or soup, like pretty much nine months out of the year, it's soup for me. I love soup. And that's um, anytime that the weather starts to turn a little bit colder. Kitchery is another great option. Um, you can just kind of Google to find different recipes to make that, but that's also an Ayurvedic um, one pot meal. And that's super easy to digest. So those would be some great ideas there. Another one for weight loss strategies is lunch. It should be your largest meal. So during the window between 10 and two, your digestion is the strongest. So this is the perfect time to enjoy that larger meal so you can properly digest it. You know, your lunch can make up what you typically used to eat at dinner. So if you're going to have meat during that lunch time is actually the best time to eat it because you're going to have all day to process it. And meat can be sometimes tougher to digest. So if you're going to have something, having it in that lunchtime hour um, is something that's great to break down, um, all of that, just that roughness. Um, so that's also I mean, across the board. I mean, whatever you want to have for lunch, it is what it is, but that big, that, that big meal should be that lunchtime. Instead of grabbing something like a soup and salad at lunch, you'd rather have that for dinner and then kind of flip that. Uh, another tip daily movement. So Ayurveda encourages everyone to move daily and movement has been shown to extend your life. And that does not mean a hardcore workout every day, but it does mean a walk outside, yoga in the morning, mobility work, um, lifting weights or body weight, just doing something that will get your body moving. So we all know sitting has become a problem here. And you know, just taking a 10 to 20 minutes in the morning just to move, to get stuff going and flowing. Um, maybe you want to have a 10 or 20 minute lunch walk. Uh, and the same after dinner, getting a little bit of movement to help properly digest your food again. If that doesn't sound doable in your life right now, think of a way how you can get in at least 30 minutes and you can break it up throughout your day. So maybe it's 10 minutes in the morning, 10 in the afternoon, 10 in the evening. And to be honest, most of us have the time. We're just not making the time for it. So I do want you to really think about your schedule and say, oh, yes, I am watching, you know, two hours of Netflix at night. Like, I think there was something that said like four and a half hours are what people are watching of TV at night. So they're watching a couple hours on regular TV and then Netflix for like two and a half hours. That's a ton of time. That is our movement time. Like that can be something that you can do. And if you're like, well, my kids are sleeping. I have to stay in, in the house. Well, you could throw on some yoga. You could roll out your yoga mat. You can totally do a strength training workout at night. You know, you don't have to be outside of the house to get any of this movement. In. So that would just be my challenge there. Now, another tip is sleep. You know, that is something that across the board, if we're not getting enough sleep, really our body holds on to excess weight because it is so stressed out and stress increases cortisol, which is going to increase typically cortisol sits in the belly. So it's going to increase that belly fat and it just can't, tends to cling on to those fat cells and it just deposits there. So not getting enough sleep is really hard on the body and trying to get to bed by 10 PM 
is really something that Ayurveda suggests. I personally, I love it. 10 p.m. is pretty much my cutoff. If I'm up after 10, we tend to feel that second wind. And then we tend to maybe go to sleep, um, say, 11.30 or midnight. And we might just be like, oh, I can't get to sleep because we miss that window. So again, when we were talking about digestion, between 10 and 2 is the strongest for digestion. Between 10 and 2 is the best time to get that deep sleep. That's the pitta time of um, day, whether it's in the morning or in the evening. And so that pitta is that fire and that fuel. So you really start to burn between 10 and 2 some calories if you're in a nice, deep, restful sleep. So that's something to kind of think about, um, you know, if you're deciding to stay up too late night after night, you know, and that lack of sleep also, it tends to lead to insomnia, anxiety, burnout, adrenal fatigue. So, I mean, just the list goes on and on, which can really add up against what you're trying to accomplish if weight loss is your goal. Now, the last thing is your dinacharya. Dinacharya is your daily routine. So it might be the one thing that you need to change to get results. And our daily schedule can be helping or it can be hurting us. So I'm going to go through um, an example just so you can kind of see. So oh, what is the book? It is, I have it on my bookshelf here. I'm just going to look. Okay, here it is. It's change your schedule, change your life. And I do not have the author's name, but I'll put a link in the show notes. So I read that book and it was the results he was getting from clients um, by just switching out one thing. I mean, it literally could have been easy as um, you're eating too late. Your lunch is eating, um, you're eating lunch at three and then you're not eating dinner, or you're eating dinner at like nine, and you're going to bed at two, you know, just switching some things like that. And he saw that they were getting better results in their life. They were reversing, um, you know, different health issues they had. So really thinking about your routine and noticing what you could tweak. So in Ayurveda, I'm just going to go through in general, here's what they would suggest. At 6am, you're going to wake up with the sunrise. So before 6am is ideal to wake up. Between six and 10, drink a glass of water, Try to have a bowel movement, sit in quietness or stillness, like that can be a meditation. Work out or move your body in some capacity. Then between 11 and 2, enjoy your lunch as your biggest meal of your day, and then maybe taking a walk after lunch. Between 5 and 7, enjoy an early lighter dinner, and then maybe going, a walk, going for a walk again after dinner. Between 8 and 9, meditate or have a quiet time to calm the mind before bed. And then ideally you're in bed by sleeping by 10 or 10.30. So now you might be thinking like every excuse as to why you can't make this above schedule happen. Unless you work the night shift, you probably can make something happen from the list above. Many times the thing that we fight the most is the thing that we need to do to get results. You know, again, for me, I fought the early lighter dinners for two years. I gave people excuses as to why I couldn't make it happen before I finally tried it and I lost 40 pounds. Um, I encourage you to try one of the above habits and do it for a few months. You know, don't just try it for a week and stop. Changes in our bodies take up to 20 days to possibly three months. It really depends on the individual. But many of us start something and we do it for a week and stop before our bodies even have a time to shift and change. And my other piece of advice is to start with one new habit. Start with one keystone habit. Once you have grasped that, then add a second one in. Slow but steady progress is how people get lasting results. So don't add all of these changes to your schedule. Start with one and then slowly add on from there. All right, that's what I have for everyone this week. My weekly challenge, 
what is one Ayurvedic habit you can incorporate this week? So what is one thing that you can do to help? You know, I would say if you don't already, <laughs> the best thing to do is implement a keystone habit. So write out your keystone habit. Let me know over on Instagram at andreaclassen21 what it is. If you don't want to write on my page, send me a DM. Like I love to interact with people. And one of the things I love to do, and um, I was, you know, told that I really need to hold this space on the online community because I do it so well in person is holding space. And when I say holding space, I'm talking about like, you might not have anyone else to share um, these goals with, or even like your fitness goals with, you don't have any close friends or they, you think they would laugh at you. Send me a DM. Tell me what it is. I literally will not judge you. I will not coach you. I will hold up my hand and say, I witness you. And that is it. Because sometimes all what we want to do is just get off our chest what that thing is that we need to express. And it could be, you know, your goal or that you're interested in, you know, learning more about Ayurveda, but you don't know where to start. And this was a great, you know, just kind of eye-opening, oh, okay, I can, I can do this. And I, again, I won't coach, I won't judge, I just witness. And that is something that I, that I aim to do. Um, and that I really want to do in the online space as well. So if you feel compelled, send me a DM, let me know. And again, I won't coach you unless you want me. You can write in the write in the message say I'm open to coaching. But if you don't want to be coached or me to respond like hey try this, instead just say hey, I just need to be witnessed and I will witness and I will respond, I witness you. All right, that's what I have this week. Thank you all so much and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclassen.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.